Sox fans, are you ready? You are listening to the Ducks and Pucks podcast with your hosts, Mike Walters and Eddie Jones. This is the number one home for Anaheim Ducks talk and analysis. Here we go. Welcome to the show. This is your host, Mike Walters, along with my co-host, Eddie Jones. And we have a good show for you today, everybody. We're going to be talking about the Ducks uh, preseason and mainly about the roster and all the roster cuts. And we also have another one of our writers on the show, Garrett. Garrett, say hi to everybody. How's it going, guys? Glad all right. to join you guys today. Yeah, and we're glad Thanks to have you. Thanks for having me on. We're real glad to have you on, and we're going to get kind of right into it. Uh, we're going to talk about the preseason uh, which, you know, the Ducks haven't been doing so well, Eddie, and there's been a lot of concern as far as their play. Uh, obviously, the Ducks have only won one game, the last one against San Jose. But, uh, you know, I don't think there's a lot of concern that the fans should worry about, Eddie. I mean, the the big players haven't played in these games except this last one against San Jose. Yeah, and, you know, we looked at the defense all the way throughout. And, you know, I guess barring the 6-1 uh, loss to the Kings, which also... You know, I mean, like you said, is preseason, and that was early on. That was the second game back in September. A lot of guys, you know, were still at the World Cup, and, uh, you know, it was mostly rookies who were playing in that game. So you can't really look at that one and say, okay, you know, you can kind of write that one off. But all the other games were really close. You know, 2-1 lost to Arizona, 3-2 lost to Arizona, one nothing to L.A., 2-1 to Edmonton, right? So, I mean, defense has been good all uh, tournament. I um, mean, we've seen Larson play really well, Theodore Montour as well. Uh, you know, obviously some of the more established guys as well have played good in, in the tournament. I think that's been strong. And, and you know, goaltending has been great too. And, and I guess maybe surprising but not is, is Bernier's play as well. He's played great in the, in the couple games that he's played in, uh, which is a good sign going into the into the season. You know, he's playing behind a, a better de- uh, defense this year, obviously, and that's going to help him out. But I think the issue is, was goal scoring up even into even into the San Jose game was goal scoring you know um getting Getzloff and Perry and and Kessler back and, and you know having the whole pretty much the whole lineup there is going to help uh, but this is something we've talked about all off season and, and goal scoring is kind of the issue right now obviously we got the last preseason game tonight which we'll see close to if not the starting roster for Thursday so I think it'll be interesting to see how they line up tonight and and if they can kind of fix some of the problems we've seen up front. And Garrett, uh, what do you think about the preseason? You know, a lot of fans have been concerned since the Ducks haven't been playing as well and winning games. Uh, what do you think, and what have you seen so far? Uh, I mean, I I guess I get a little bit why they're concerned because you know they're not scoring a whole lot and um, definitely didn't play too well against LA. But I think they've picked it up quite a bit. And uh, as Randy Carlisle said, you know, none of those games count as far as in the standings you know they're kind of they are still meaningful because he he gets a chance to see how the players are playing but they don't really count towards our you know wins and losses in the regular season so i don't think people should be too concerned about the results but i think it is good that gets and perry got to come back and get a game in and they'll get another game in tonight and i think it'll be good to build chemistry and hopefully they can play well again tonight and get another win and bring that into the regular season yeah, and I agree. And, and, you know, some fans forget, too, last season the Ducks did really well in the preseason, and then we all know what happened after that, and we won't go into that again. But, 
Um, you know, I take this with a grain of salt. We haven't had the main players. Obviously, the World Cup of Hockey affected that, and we had guys coming back late. So I would tell everybody just, you know, let's see what happens this week. Uh, you know, when the season starts, you know, obviously we're going to be on the road playing Dallas and Pittsburgh to get it going. But from there, um, this last week and a half or so, we've had a lot of roster cuts, Eddie. And the the roster now, it's officially down to 27, though I would argue it's down to 24. Um, you know, they had to Danish in there under the goaltenders, but we know it's going to be Bernier and Gibson. Uh, Tokarski went down on waivers. We don't know if he cleared yet or not, but he should. And then you've also got Nate Thompson and Cordelius uh, injured. So we should get down to 24, Eddie. Uh, but it's going to be interesting to see what happens in this situation because we have Stoner sent down on waivers. He cleared the waivers, but he's still in Anaheim. So there's a lot of questions about this the trades and what's going on. What did you think about this move with the Ducks sending Stoner down? Why did the Ducks try and do that? Um, you know, I think it was, you know, usually you see this after they can't trade a guy, and that might be the case. Um, but this, I think, is clearly them sending him down just to see if a team would take him. And to, just so they can get out from under that cap hit and use that money to sign uh, Lindholm or Cal. And, you know, it's it's not a surprising move. We see this happen with a lot of teams. Um, it's kind of a last-ditch effort to get rid of the guy. And, you know, as, as ugly as that sounds, that's that looks like what they were trying to do because they've kept him up with the roster. They have no plans of sending him to San Diego and having him play down there with some other guys and bring him up later in the season. You know, if, he, if he's going to be in Anaheim, he's going to start, you know, as the seventh or eighth guy and he's going to be on the roster. So I think that's what they're trying to do. Uh, sending him down through waivers. Um, you know, as for the rest of the team, like you said, you know, there are some guys you can just kind of peg off, even though they've said the roster's down to, officially to 28. You know, Tikarski went through waivers. You can peg uh, Yandini off. Uh, like you said, Kodilis and Thompson are injured, so they're going to be off the list as well. So at least one guy. And it really, I think, comes down to Jared Bull, uh, Joseph Cabarrosa, Michael Scarbosa, you've got uh, Nick Sorensen as well, and uh, Jakob Larson. So I think it comes down to those guys, really, uh, for the final spot. And Garrett, what do you think? Uh, you know, obviously there's those names that Eddie mentioned right there. Anybody in that group stand out to you? Scarbosa, <coughs> Scarbosa Sorensen, or Larson, the guys that are still up right now? Yeah, uh, Sorensen and Larson have really impressed me. I think... Swenson has done a really good job, you know, scoring a couple goals, and it uh, sounds like Cogliano's saying that he's uh, working real hard and showing that he can adapt to the NHL game, you know, because he's pretty young. But I know he's played a couple years professionally already, and uh, I think Larson has been an amazing surprise. You know, we we believed <coughs> that they would keep Montour and Theodore up over him. I think we all thought, you know, them being older and more experienced but uh you know at only 19 years old i think he's been really good in the preseason obviously carlisle is really high on him maybe saying that he could even get a potential roster spot to start the season with the ducks so i've been pleasantly surprised by those two and really wouldn't be surprised if they stuck around for the regular season at least the start of it yeah and i i agree with you i mean i listened to some of the broadcast during the uh the ducks preseason games and they, they had some of the staff on there from the ducks and they were really big on larson and uh from what you could see and hear obviously not all the preseason games are televised but um it sounds like and, and the little stuff that i've seen that he's really good as far as position 
Doesn't make a lot of turnovers, Eddie. He's very good with the puck. Um, you know, not a lot of offensive upside, which is, isn't a big deal. But as far as everything else, he seems like a stereotypical Carlisle guy. You know, block shots, uh, play in good position, make good passes, uh, read the play in the defense. Um, definitely a guy that, uh, and just like Garrett said, could play, uh, especially if Lindholm still isn't resigned, which obviously there's no update on that that we have. But I think he has a good chance, Eddie, of uh, being one of those, uh, you know, final four or five names that you mentioned uh, staying on the Ducks. Yeah, and, and ironically enough, if Lindholm doesn't play, he kind of comes in and fills that role in the way he plays. They're, they're, they're very similar in the way they play. They they have high hockey high, high hockey IQ. They don't put up a lot of points. You know, Lindholm scratched 30 points last year. Larson is a guy who might be able to do the same when he comes up to the to the NHL, but that's not what you're really looking uh, for them. You know, you're looking for their two-way game, their, their strong ability to, you know, defend it in, in their own half, and then to get the puck up quickly. And, you know, that's the trend in the NHL right now is being able to move the puck up quickly up the ice. It, it's all about speed now in the NHL and having these guys, obviously Fowler, Theodore, Montour, Vontanen as well, Lindholm when he's in the lineup, and obviously Larson as well. And he's obviously impressed to, to get a shot. I mean, the kid's only 19. He beat out guys that we thought, for sure, and Theodore would have had a roster spot after last season, and Montour would have filled a similar role to what Theodore did last year, where he would come up and play about 19 or 20 games. So, I mean, it's surprising to see him still be in the in the lineup. Uh, usually, with these guys, and and you know, I'm not too sure how it works with uh, him going back to Sweden. I know with uh, with the CHL, you can get like a nine game tryout, and then they can send you back to juniors if uh, if you don't want to play there. And I know he's uh, eligible to play in the CHL. I'm not sorry, in, in the AHL with the goals, but I believe his idea is if he doesn't make the roster, he has an out clause and he's going to go back and play in Sweden. So it'll be interesting to see how they handle his first nine games if they decide to keep him up, and, and obviously that kind of goes to how Lindholm's uh, discussions go as well. But it'll be interesting to see what they do with him uh, after that nine-game period if they keep him up with the, the Ducks or send him back to Sweden for the season. Yeah, that's a good point you bring up. And uh, basically, the latest that Larson had said is that he had wanted to go back to Sweden if he didn't stay up. So I, I think that's what would happen. But um, you know, there's still a lot up in the air on the defense, unfortunately. And we had a uh, we had Norman ask us a question about Larson being on the team, and we we pretty much answered what you know we think he'll be there as long as Lindholm's out. But he also alludes to any other trades as far as Fowler and Dupre. You know, and I don't really see anything else. Um, uh, you know, with the defense, I, I think the biggest thing, uh, we kind of talked about this a little bit earlier, Garrett, is I think the Ducks really were trying to send Stoner down and get him picked up. Because if he would have gotten picked up, there would have been $3.25 million in the cap, and the Ducks could have signed Lindholm and uh, Raquel. So I, I don't see the trade so much initially when they sent Stoner down. I mean, obviously, they're probably back on it. But what do you think as far as the trade uh, you know, idea, Garrett, since uh, you know Stoner obviously went down but didn't get claimed? Yeah, uh, <laughs> I think we're all, you know, looking for a resolution here. I think, I think when they first sent Stoner down, of course, you know, like you said, they wanted to clear his salary off the books, and maybe if if somebody were to take him, then with that savings, you know, we could sign the two Swedes and and maybe keep Fowler and maybe even Dupre as well, and not have to make a trade. But I think you know we weren't too surprised when he was not claimed off waivers. And so now, you know, I think a trade is kind of inevitable at this point because, you know, of course, we have to find the money to sign 
Raquel Lindholm, you know, and the season is only, well, starts in three days, but for us, four days away. And, you know, so I think it's kind of inevitable at this point that they're going to make a deal. I just, I really don't know, you know, who we're going to be able to make a deal with, but I just, I really wouldn't be surprised to see somebody like Fowler or maybe Dupre be shipped out in the next few days here. I just, like I said, I don't know, you know, who our, our trade partner would be. I don't know what we're going to get back or if it's just going to be a salary dump. You know, I know people really would love to get a forward for Fowler, but I just, I don't know if that's going to work at this point. I think we just really need to shed salary and just work on re-signing our guys right now before we think about adding a forward. Yeah, and it's a tough situation. I mean, Eddie and I have, God, we've talked about this, I think, every single podcast this summer. Unfortunately, it's always been about, you know, making a trade, creating the room, uh, resigning Raquel Lindholm. And, of course, you know, I feel bad for everybody listening because every time we do the show, nothing changes really in regards to that, <coughs> unfortunately. Um, we thought when Stoner went down, uh, you know, there was a chance, but we, we knew it was kind of slim that he'd get picked up, and he hasn't. Um, and it kind of leads to another question. We have uh, Matthew asks about, okay, Stoner cleared waivers, but what else can we do to clear room? Because, you know, obviously he didn't get picked up. The only other thing, really, Eddie, we talked about was you put Nate Thompson on IR, but that only gets you $1.6 million, and then you got to figure out what you're going to do probably around the trade deadline when he comes back. And even with that, I mean, the Ducks will be close to $10 uh, you know, million. But I mean, looking at the numbers that uh, Lindholm and Raquel have been reported out there, there's several reports of what they're looking at. They're saying that Raquel's looking, you know, close to four million, and uh, Lindholm is looking somewhere in between five and seven. There's been different numbers, but if you put those two numbers together, the Ducks are going to run out of cap space, Eddie. So I mean, they're going to have to do some kind of a move. Um, unless they try and, you know, maybe buy out somebody. But even then, if you buy out somebody, not all of that comes off of the uh, the salary cap. So that's a risk too, Eddie. Yeah, and I think ideally getting rid of Stoner would have been the best option for them. Obviously, right now that hasn't worked. I mean, there's always chances during the season where you could attempt to trade him to a team that's either injury struck or, or some of the young guys they kept up uh, didn't work out. I, I mean, I was pretty... I was pretty adamant that, that Carolina or New Jersey would have been a good fit for him if they would have picked him up, but it looks like they're going with a lot of younger defensemen. So, you know, there's always an option later in the season to trade him. Uh, but, you know, other than, you know, his name, like you said, um, Dupre and Fowler, uh, I mean, really, you, you would hope if they were going to make a deal before the season that it would happen before the first game, before Thursday, you know, We'll have to wait and see the starting lineup if it's not done before then. You know, if one of those guys isn't in the lineup, then you could say something is close. Uh, but it's hard to tell. I mean, those would be the most likely names. Uh, you know, Garrett mentioned that if you want to get a forward back, you would like to move Fowler for a forward, but that might not be an option now because how close is this to the season? Teams are finalizing their camps. They want to see, you know, what their lineups can do with the guys that have impressed them so far. So it's it's a hard deal to make. Um, and you got to shed salary somewhere. You know, obviously Thompson gets some some relief. Um, for the meantime, you know, obviously when he comes back, you have to address that issue as well. So there's a lot of working parts to this. Yes, you know, you could free up some cap space with for Thompson right now and possibly making a trade. Uh, but you know, come the time he comes back, November, December, you might have to make another trade just to to be able to get him back in the lineup and comply with cap. So you know, they've kind of dug themselves a a pretty deep hole right now with uh, you know Biaxa and and Stoner and even Kessler's contracts with, with the amount that they've given to these guys. So um, I think it's something he's going to have to work hard to get out of if he wants to get both of these guys signed and comply with the cap. 
You know, and with that's come a lot of criticism too, Eddie. You know, a lot of people out there have been upset at Murray. Uh, you know, basically, on some aspects, they they like some of the trades that Murray has done in the past. It seems like, but it's when it comes to the signings, it seems like you mentioned. You know, obviously Kessler with a big contract, the exit with a big contract. I mean, you look at Dupre too at three point seven million. You've got some of these deals that people, and of course Stoner. Everybody brings up the Stoner contract. We all know about that. Um, what do you think, Garrett? I mean, you think this is all on Murray, or you think this is something that um, is, is just you know trying to work through the negotiation process with Raquel and Lindholm and getting their deals done? Um, I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, I know a couple of the the contracts that he gave out weren't too great. You know, giving BX quite a bit of money and the no move clause, and you know, make, giving Stone over three million a year for four years, um, but. I think it's also a little bit of, you know, Lindholm and uh, Raquel wanting quite a bit of money, at least, well, at least Lindholm does. I know it's, it's a lot of that is probably his agent, but, um, you know, I don't, I think close to $7 million a year is a lot of money. Um, I mean, I, he's definitely worth it. I mean, he's a great player and he's a great young player. He's a big part of our future. Uh, but I just think, you know, it's a lot of money. And I know Murray, I'm sure Murray is trying really hard to try to get him signed right now. I know fans probably don't think he is, but I think he's, you know, I think he's trying, really trying to get those guys signed. And um, so I think it's a little bit of blame on him, but I think it's also, you know, these guys want a lot of money and it's kind of kind of hard to give them what they want, you know, with our situation right now. So it's just kind of tough all around. Yeah, I, I agree. It is tough all around. I think uh, the Stoner move was trying to make some more money to get these guys done. Like we said, the other option is you, you go with Nate Thompson on the long-term injury reserve. You get another 1.6 there, but you're still really tight. Um, so the other only you know option out there is you try and trade someone like we've talked about, and it's difficult. So, um, you know, the other part of this too, Eddie, and it's you know not something that a lot of fans want to hear, but maybe the Ducks try and trade Lindholm or Raquel. I mean, you're looking at the roster now, and you know the the Ducks roster. Uh, it's listed as uh, you know 28, probably 27 with Tokarski off there, and like we said, down to 24 with the other couple names we mentioned. Um, but you know Raquel and Lindholm aren't listed on this roster, so it seems like right now they're they're moving ahead and they're going without them. I mean, it's you know you've got Larson on the defense there. And then on the forward situation, you have a few new guys that are going to be in there for sure. Uh, Camarosa, Sarbosa, and Sorensen look like, you know, at, at least probably two of them are going to make this uh, this uh, roster. So you think the Ducks are, you know, pretty much planning to go full steam ahead regardless of what happens with both these players? I think if they're not signed by the start of the season, they'll go full steam ahead. Um, but to be honest, I don't think either of them will be traded. I think before that even gets close to becoming something that would happen I, I think he would rather make a bad deal to dump salary than make a deal to, to trade any one of those two guys I think you would before that you would see a, a bad deal just to dump to pray salary you know where you you don't really get what you what you could in return uh, but you get to dump that salary and you get to sign two guys who are integral to the future of the organization and, and unfortunately you could see the same thing with Fowler obviously that would be a bigger hit to us, um, we would expect to get something in return. Uh, but if you're trying to dump that salary, and, and teams know they have to get these two guys signed, you might have to take less than what you could get if you had them signed and you're in a you know in a better position to make a trade. And unfortunately, that's that's how it's going to happen. Uh, I mean, and and it's it's hard to blame Murray. I mean, you look around the league and you look at 
you know, Kucherov, he's not signed. You look at Goodrow, he's not signed. You look at the issue with Truba right now as well, and Ristolainen in Buffalo. Uh, I mean, these are all young players who are looking for long-term deals, and uh, arguably all of them are in the most important part of their career right now. They're in their early 20s, and they want to sign a career that's going to take them into their late 20s, early 30s, whether they, they can get paid again. So, I mean, this is a big contract for all these guys. I'm not surprised... No, I'm a little bit surprised that it's taken this long, but I understand why. I mean, if I was in their position, um, you know, at that age and you're, you're established in the NHL, you're going to want to get paid. You're going to want to get paid for a long time and make sure, you know, your situation is secure. So I, I get it. Um, it's disappointing, obviously, for us as fans trying to wait and, and see what's going to happen with the lineup. Um, but, you know, Murray's got to make something happen in the next few days or, it, you know, it's going to be a lot more difficult to make a make a deal or make a signing during the during the start of the season. You know, you you bring up a good point there too about trying to you know trade one of the other guys you know with a higher salary you know to pray Fowler or whatever and getting a, a lesser of a deal. Uh, what do you think about that, Garrett? Is that something um, you know that you would go for? Is uh, the Ducks trying to you know obviously dump one of these other players in order to keep uh, Raquel and Lenholm, even if the uh, the deal say for Dupre or Fowler isn't quite the return that we want? Yeah, I mean, I kind of think you have to at this point. Um, I mean, you don't want it to come down to that, but like Eddie was saying, you know, these guys are great young players and they're a big part of our future, you know, and they, they want to be secure. You know, they're very talented guys. And um, I think, you know, like you were saying, there is a possibility of a trade, but none of us want to think about losing <laughs> Lindholm or Raquel. Um, and so, you know, I think if you have to take less in a trade for Dupre or Fowler, I mean... Would it be ideal? No, but I I think it might have to be our only option at this point because it's it's essential, I think, that we get those guys signed. I mean, if we were to trade them, you know, we have all the depth with Larson and Montour and Theodore, I think we'd be okay. But those two guys, you know, they just give us another dynamic to the team. And I just think you have to do whatever you can to sign those guys. So if it means taking less in a deal, then I think you do it. Yeah, and I, I agree with both of you. I, you know, I just brought up the, the scenario because obviously, you know, it's it's something that could happen, but I, I don't think that's what Murray would do. And like both of you said, I I rather go for okay, we're gonna have to trade somebody, uh, maybe throw in a prospect or do something and, and take less of a you know uh, of a return for whatever we're gonna do, whether it's uh, you know Dupre, Fowler, Stoner. I mean, those are you know obviously those are the big three names that come up. Uh, often, especially you hear a lot of fans talking about all, all three of those players. Um, you know, obviously Fowler was the big name all throughout summer, and then now with what's going on with Stoner, his name's being thrown out there too. So I think that's their only real option um, because otherwise, and, you know, I wrote an article uh, on the Hockey Writers, uh, you know, some of the questions about what the Ducks uh, are going to have to answer going forward, and and I, this kind of leads to a fan question too. We had uh, Cameron asked about, he asked about the Ducks, the Goals, and the Grizzlies, but we can talk about the Ducks. He asks, you know, whether or not they're going to go into the playoffs. And, you know, I, I think the Ducks will still make the playoffs with whatever happens with the Raquel and Lindholm situation, Eddie. But I, I think the biggest thing is, and Garrett touched on this too, both of these guys, Raquel and Lindholm, they're players that you look at that are going to help the team long term. And that's something that Murray hasn't disagreed with with both the players and their agents. They're they're trying to get them to long term deals. That hasn't been the issue. The issue has been obviously the the annual amount. 
Um, but I think these are two guys that, you know, if the Ducks want to stay in this, you know, Stanley Cup window, which, I mean, they've been in it the last four seasons. You know, they've been the favorite the last four seasons. We've been disappointed the last four seasons. But I think to get us back to that point, we have to do whatever we can to keep both these guys, Eddie. Yeah. And really, there are top two young guys in each position. I, I mean, Lindholm is our best defenseman. He, he could be the best defenseman on the roster right now but he's still the best young defenseman we have. And Raquel is arguably the best young forward we have. I mean, behind Getzlaff and Perry and Kessler, who are obviously over 30 now, you look at Nick Ritchie, who we don't know what he's going to do yet. You know, Nate, uh, Nick Sorensen has impressed in camp, but we don't know exactly what, how that translates into the, you know, into the regular season and into the NHL as a whole. Silverberg's trending upwards, but you know, Raquel had a, a, arguably had a breakout season last year, and it can only go up from here, and he's our, you know, our probably our most creative forward he's the the best forward we have in the pipeline right now um and, and definitely the, the only one that's going to be ready to play in the nhl for a, a long period of time before obviously guys like max jones and sam Steele are ready to come to the nhl so it's imperative that you get both of these guys signed i, I mean you made a choice you locked down gibson you chose a young goalie and then you've got to you've got to get the your best young defenseman and you've got to get your best young forward down it, like you said, it, it will help extend the Stanley Cup run, but not only that, it will set up for another one uh, when guys like Getzlaff and Perry and Kessler are, are retired or, or their contracts are up with the Ducks. I mean, you've got to look forward to the future for that. You know, On defense, we're set with guys like Theodore and Montour, obviously Lindholm when he gets signed, and Larson. You know, you're set there, but on forward, uh, I think it's you have to get Raquel signed and you have to work from there. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think of the two, the the biggest is really Raquel, like you talked about, because, you know, Raquel can play forward. He can play center. We've seen him do both. Uh, you know, I think they're going to, you know, whatever, hopefully he gets resigned first, but whatever he wants to do, they're going to work with him. However, he fits in the lineup, obviously, as he meshes with some of these other younger players, too. So I think that's the biggest one. I mean, I know his health has still been a question. That's the, the unfortunate thing. There hasn't really been much of an update. It seems like it's taken a while for him to recover is kind of what I've been hearing. But there's nothing, you know, specific about, you know, Raquel and his timetable. Um, that's the one probably bad part about, you know, his situation, which is just unfortunate for him all the way around, because to me, uh, you know, of the two, I mean, obviously Lindholm is very important, but the Ducks blue line is stacked. I really think Raquel is something we need because the Ducks forward, you know, offense, that's the issue I look at Garrett is if the Ducks are going to do well this year. And we saw this last year in October, November is they got to score some goals, especially in the start of the season. Yeah. I mean, like you were just saying, the forward unit is definitely not as stacked. You know, we don't we don't have as much depth there as defense. I think Raquel is definitely the more important of the two. You know, we definitely are going to need to score, you know, more this season. We can't be putting it all on, you know, Perry to score 40 goals and Getzoff get 25 to 30 goals and, you know, Kessler get, you know, 25 to 30 as well. I know we have... Silverberg, who's hopefully going to have a, a really good season this year. I know he's been with uh, Getzoff on the top line, so hopefully that's going to lead to him scoring more. But, uh, you know, we're going to need guys like Cogliano to step <coughs> up. And, uh, you know, Vermette's going to have to score quite a few goals for us probably, and Mason Raymond, guys like that, you know, and especially if we don't have Raquel, it's going to really fall on these other guys to produce offense for us because, you know, he we can count on Raquel to get us you know, 20 to 25 goals. And if he's not there, then other guys are really going to have to step up for us to, to give us the offense to win games. 
You know, speaking about that, I mean, as far as the offense, it's it's really going to come down to the line combinations and how that, you know, shapes up. Like we've both, you know, we've all talked about really, and then obviously the Ducks are going to have their last game today against San Jose. Um, what do you think about some of these combinations, uh, Eddie, that we've seen? You know, the Ducks uh, went with Getzloff and Perry separate. And they also, uh, for a little bit, they had, uh, you know, Sorensen skating with uh, Cagliano and Kessler in practice the other day. And they also, uh, you know, played together in that in that win against San Jose. Um, what do you think? Because, you know, we talked about, uh, you know, the kessler Soferberg cagliano line, but now you've got kind of a mix here. You've got Sorensen that played on that line. Uh, we talked about Perry and Getzloff together are separate, which, you know, we've seen both of the, you know, those scenarios last season. What do you think? I mean, it's kind of a toss-up with the lineups right now. It's kind of difficult to determine, you know, what's going to be the best fit. Yeah, and, and you know, a lot of people are under the assumption that, you know, that line was going to stay together just because it worked so well and it had been, been together for so long. But when you get a new coach in, you know, nothing is for sure with the lineups. They're going to want to do their own things, and we've seen that in with him putting Sorensen with Cogliano and Kessler. We've seen him put Silverberg up with Getzloff and Richie. Vermat was playing with Perry, so... I mean, I, I like seeing the the new lineups. I like seeing what they can do. Um, I'm kind of glad it's not a for sure thing. Obviously, we liked what Cogliano, Kessler, and Silverberg did last year, um, but it's a different team this year. We don't have the support and scoring throughout the whole lineup, um, and I don't know if you can really afford to put you know two of those guys on that wing. If you do that and you put Getzloff with Perry, you've got all your eggs in in, in two lines. And you, you don't. I don't really know who's going to score from there. You know, Vermat maybe if Sorensen makes the team in surprises, maybe he could score. We don't know what Richie's going to do this season. Um, so you know, you're banking on those top two lines, and you know, if you can split it up like that and have three threats like we did last year, and kind of work with what you've got, I think that's the best way to go, at least for the start of the season. And, and you know, we we talked about this last year how great it was to have three lines where you could throw one out. Tire the team down, and then you throw another threat out, and they have to deal with that. And you throw another one out, and they have to deal with that. And it might even be a little bit better for them this year, just because you've got three guys who can win you faceoffs and are among the best in the league, especially Kessler and Vermette. Uh, so you get possession right off the bat most of the time uh, in their end and in your end. So I think if you can split up the the talent among different lines, I think that gives you a better option. That's obviously, of course, if it works. And if it doesn't work, then, <laughs> I mean, we don't have to worry about line juggling because Boudreaux isn't here anymore, but if it doesn't work, we <laughs> could always obviously see Getzlaff go back with Perry or we could see the Kessler-Silverberg-Cogliano line come back. But uh, I, know I wouldn't mind to, to see at the start of the season to see the lines that we've seen in preseason or a variation of that where we've got three lines we can throw over the boards and, and all of them uh, be a threat in their own way. Yeah, I agree. I think it's important to have that balanced attack. Uh, Garrett, what do you think as far as, you know, the, the lineups and what you've seen in preseason? You think, uh, you know, Getzlaff and Perry uh, separate, together? Uh, any other, you know, combinations that you'd like to see maybe in that forward group? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think, like Eddie was saying, I think, I think it'd be good to have them separate, spread out the scoring. You know, you don't want too much scoring on one line and be good to have, you know, a few solid lines. I think it was... It really was kind of a bummer when we lost uh, Perron and McGann, you know, because we really could have used that secondary scoring. But uh, I think we're really going to be hoping that guys like uh, Vermette and Richie and maybe Sorensen are going to be able to pick that up. Uh, but I'm really intrigued by the uh, Cogliano-Sorensen line with Kessler, I believe. I think that can uh, I think that can be a really good line. You know, Kessler be out there and, 
really good on the faceoffs, and and uh, I think Cogliano with his speed and Sorensen, I think has has showed a little bit of speed as well. I think those two can maybe be a lethal combo together, and sounds like they're kind of developing some chemistry so far. So I think it'll be. I think that's kind of a line I'm keeping my eye on. I think those guys could maybe do well together. And uh, I'm really hoping that Richie can maybe do well with Getzlaff, you know, on the top line. I think he kind of got a little, I think he lost a little bit of weight um, during the offseason, you know, and I think he's a little more in shape this year. And I'm really interested to see if maybe playing with Getzlaff can lead to him, you know, scoring maybe 15 to 20 goals for us this year. I know, I know he only got two last year, but. It was his first season, and I think he'll be—I think he'll be a little more ready this year. I think that you can maybe count on him to have a bigger role, and I think he's—I think he's more excited this year to to play a big role, and I think he's really gonna go out and hopefully have a great season for us. So I'm kind of intrigued by that first line as well. Yeah, I agree. I mean, uh, Eddie and I talked about uh, you know uh, Richie too, and we were hoping that he'd bust out this year and at least get somewhere between ten and twenty. So that's definitely uh, something to keep an eye on. And and just for you at home, if you don't know the line combinations, this is what they were as a practice this weekend. Um, on the forward lines, they went uh, with Richie Getzloff and Silverberg, uh, and they have that as listed as number one. Uh, two would be Cogliano, Kessler, and Sorensen. Three is uh, Raymond, Verment, and Perry. And then your fourth line is kind of a, a mix. You've got Garbett, and then you've got uh, Camarosa or Wagner at, at center, which they can play wing as well. And then you've also got Sarbosa and Bull. So the fourth line is kind of the grinder line, which you know is, is typical of Carlisle teams. So, but I know that they're looking for a little bit of offense out of that, which you know we did see Garbett up on the top line before last season. Um, Wagner, you know, he scored some goals obviously when he was on Colorado, not on the Ducks. But we're looking for him to get some more offense as well. So that's your offensive. Uh, line combinations as of this weekend. Obviously, it can change a little bit uh, as the uh, season starts next week. On the defense, um, the way that they have it set up is Fowler and Manson, uh, Dupre and Bieksa, Larson and Botnin, and Stoner and Holzer. So that's kind of what they've gone with now. And obviously, like we said, it will change. And obviously, they can only go with three of those defensive pairings, not four. But that's kind of where we're at. That's the lineup. It's it's not really the, the lineup we expected. Obviously, like Garrett had talked about, uh, Perron and McGinn being gone is something that really frustrated me. I, I wanted one of those guys to stay. But and looking at this lineup and kind of going back to Cameron's question about the you know the, the Ducks uh, making the playoffs, I mean, this lineup is a lineup that can make the playoffs, Eddie. They will uh, do decent this season. I mean, Ducks fans don't – I don't think they should be concerned – about the Ducks uh, doing well, specifically in this Pacific division. Um, but I think they'll do fine in that division. It's more of a question of what they're going to do later in the season going into the playoffs, Eddie. Yeah, I mean, the Pacific div- division is tougher this year. I think the Kings are probably worse, um, which is a benefit. I think the Sharks are, are going to be good again. Obviously, they made it to the finals uh, for last season, so they're going to be good. Um, you know, the Coyotes are better, but I don't think they're ready to to push for a playoff spot. You know, the Flames are going to be better. Again, though, I mean, they're relying a lot on rookies. Sam Bennett's going to have a big role for them. Matthew Kachuk, who made the roster from London, he's going to have a big role for them. And obviously a lot of the pressure is going to fall on Monaghan and Goodrow and even Brian Elliott in, in goal for them. So I think they'll, they'll have a better season. Um, they might push for a playoff spot, but you would expect the Ducks to finish higher than them. I think then the intriguing one is the Oilers um, because a full season of Connor McDavid, I mean, he's been tearing it up in preseason so far. 
Um, they just dealt Yakupov. They signed Chris Russell, so they've got Larson and Russell, and, and you know, not a great defense, uh, but better than it's been in Edmonton for for a while. And they still got the guys up front, but losing Taylor Hall, and, and you really don't know what. There's so many moving pieces in Edmonton this offseason. I don't really know how they're going to do. Uh, but when you have guys like a player like Connor McDavid on your team, you'd expect them to at least push for a playoff spot. But again. The Ducks have a better roster. They have more established players. You would expect them to finish higher. So, and you, I don't even really need to, uh, to talk about the the Vancouver Canucks. I don't think they're going to finish <laughs> too high this year. I, I think they're probably one of the worst teams in the Pacific Division. So, arguably, the Ducks should finish above three or four of those teams, and and really be fighting again with the Sharks and the Kings. So, I think they'll be fine in that aspect. But like you said, going into the playoffs, where you've got to face teams who have improved significantly, like Nashville and even you know Chicago, who is is still good, and the and the Blues, who just added Yakupov as well, and you're gonna to have to compete with those Central Division teams and even the Sharks and the Kings, and and that's where I think the issue comes for them if they don't do anything before the playoffs. Obviously, there's trade deadline and there's 82 games throughout the whole season. There's plenty of time for things to be done and and, and the roster to be changed. Um, but if they were to go into the playoffs with this roster, uh, I think it'd be a little bit scary right now. Yeah, and Garrett, what do you what do you think as far as the Ducks, you know, overall doing well in the Pacific Division and in the playoffs? What do you what's your take on the uh, the roster as it is, you know, today? Yeah, I mean, I think Eddie kind of you know hit it on the head. Uh, I think that uh, you know the division definitely got a lot stronger. Uh, with the, with the exception of maybe Vancouver and and uh, Arizona, but you know everybody talks about Getzloff and Perry getting older, and yes, they are, but you know they're not forty years old. I mean, they're they're thirty one years old. You know, they're still elite players, and um, you know I, I, we're definitely still a playoff team in my eyes. You know, I don't think the window is is closing for a few more years. I mean, I think we're definitely gonna gonna make the playoffs. I mean, I think when we get there, as far as how far we go i mean that just depends on obviously the performance of the guys you know i mean we were all very disappointed last year going out in another game seven at home i don't think any of us Mm -hmm. want to experience that anymore um but you know i think with this team we definitely you know have the potential to at least get to the second round i mean i'm sure it'd be pretty tough to get to the final just because like eddie mentioned you know you got nashville and chicago and st louis and the west is just a gauntlet but i mean i think we're definitely good enough at least to get to the the second round of the playoffs and and who knows you know if we get hot or just play really well from there then i mean you know we could definitely definitely advance you know to the final and and uh and do well but you know we're definitely still they're definitely still a playoff team i think we just we have a lot of talent still and and like i said i mean you know gets and perry are not really old and and uh you know they're still elite players and i think with all the young talent we have i mean hopefully we're hoping of course we're gonna have Lindholm and raquel back uh but i think you know this team is definitely still one of the top three teams for sure in the pacific yeah, and I agree with you, and that's what Eddie and I talked about before. And, and you know, later this week we're going to do a uh, preview of uh, the entire league. Uh, you know, sometimes Eddie and I are, are right, and sometimes we're not so right, but we're going to make our predictions. <laughs> we'll have another podcast actually coming up uh, during the middle of the week. So I, I know we were off uh, last week, but we're going to have two this week for you, um, and we're going to cover all that. And we'll basically uh, look around the league and, and talk about, you know, the strengths and weaknesses of all the teams and kind of give you a preview of the league at hand and go from there. Um, we're also doing our contest um, to give away tickets 
to opening night uh, when the Ducks take on Vancouver. Um, the you know we get the uh, keywords in the last couple of podcasts. The keyword in this one is going to be the word fans. So make sure you write that down, fans, as an F-A-N-S, you, the people listening, the fans, that's you. And uh, check the other couple podcasts. The uh, season preview that we're going to do this week will have the final word in there for the contest. You put all the words together as the key phrase, and we'll have you email it to us, and uh, you know we'll pick a winner. And we've been giving away tickets to the other games. I know we gave away some tickets for tonight's game as well. So look for that. And... Um, Garrett, thanks for coming on. We had a good show. We talked about the lineups and the roster. Hopefully got you a little bit more up to date and shared our thoughts on how the Ducks are going to do. And we're going to be back in a couple days. Don't worry. And uh, let's go Ducks.